This episode is brought to you by Verger CBD and Delta 8 products. Verger offers only the highest quality products for relaxation, rejuvenation, and concentration. Delta 8 is the newest legal recreational way to enjoy hemp. Verger has Delta 8 edible and smokable products from gummies to vape pens. If you are 21 or older, check them out on Facebook or also at their website at vergercbd.com. That's V-E-R-D-U-R-E-C-B-D.com. Also, be sure to take advantage of a special 20% off for our listeners with promo code UNKNOWN20 at checkout. I love Verger's Delta 8 CBD products so much it helps me relax at night and enjoy some fun out with my friends because I do not like drinking. Some states and locations are limited. Remember, vergercbd.com and unknown20 at checkout. Thousands of people have mysteriously vanished in America's wilderness. Join us as we dive into the deep end of the unexplainable and try to piece together what happened. You are listening to Locations Unknown. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locations Unknown. I'm your co-host, Joe Irado, and with me, as always, is a guy who can tie his shoes with his feet, Mike Vandebogart. <laughs> Bucks in six. Bucks <laughs> in six. Uh, thanks uh, Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, sorry for that. We're uh, Sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. We're, we're still kind of in a daze here in Milwaukee from the... Uh, the Bucks winning the 2021 NBA Finals. Yes, to be fair, it's, I think, why we delayed putting this out. Yes. Because we've been partying for, like, a week. <laughs> the city's been all jammed up, too, so it's been uh, tough to get around. But uh, thank you once again for tuning in. And uh, just a couple of announcements here before we get started. Uh, first, we'd like to thank some new Patreon supporters. So I'm going to blast through these. Lisa Jacoby, Lizzie Spaulding, which I think must be related to you hey, somehow, Hey, Lizzie, all right. <laughs> What's up, Lizzie? Uh, L- Lori Allen, Cecilia Chang, Kate Fox, Olivia Happel, Samantha Hitt, Tammy DeFord, Michelle Duxbury, Morgan Schre- uh, Schremer, and Mariah uh, Hultzenberg. So uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, we're Once again, this is only our second uh, video show, and we've already upgraded the technology a little bit. We have multiple camera angles now, so um, all of the... <laughs> well, we're assuming that it's going to work after this. So yeah. If you're seeing it and it's switching with our voices, yes, we figured it out after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> um, but we're, we're figuring this stuff out, and it, it's all because of um, our amazing Patreon supporters. Uh, every Every penny helps. And we've got some big stuff coming down the pike. We're not going to talk about it yet. but um, So, yeah, just uh, keep supporting the show. Um, we just recently had a Patreon supporter um, Zoom call. And I'm not going to go into it too in-depth, but it was it was pretty fun. I don't know, Joe, I had a good time. It was our second one we've done. Yep. Um, we had a lot, of, a lot of our supporters register, and then a, a bunch didn't show up. And we just, we're going to post the audio of it. If anyone you know, feels uncomfortable being on Zoom, you know, you don't even have to put your camera on. You don't even have to talk. You can just tune in and listen. 
Uh, it's real laid back, relaxed. Uh, we just talk about hiking experiences, whatever people bring up is essentially. Yeah. And we've, we've taken some updates from, uh, we just reached out to a survivor mm-hmm. that was lost and it was brought to us by one of the patron supporters in the call. We've reached out to that person. So we're trying to get a hold of him to see if he's interested in coming on the show. But if you have feedback or would love to see something on the case, we're going to take your suggestion over others. If you're a patron supporter and if you're on the call and speaking with us, it's more likely that we'll work with you. So, uh, so yep. Sign up on Patreon and then try and join one of our zoom calls. Yeah. And, um, I'm trying to think if we got any other updates. Every time, every episode, I talk about how um, I need to get our store updated on our website. Uh, so I'm going to try and get that done before <laughs> our next episode, which won't happen because we're recording another one right after this. Yes. So um, other than that, I don't know. Do you have any other? I think that's it. All right, everybody. Let's gear up and get out to explore locations unknown. April 2019, 68-year-old Kat and her German Shepherd Tootsie went for a day hike with her family and friends hiking at Diablo Canyon in San Pedro Martyr National Park. After less than a mile in, Kat sits down due to issues with her foot, while the group continued on. When the hiking party returned, Kat and her dog were gone. Join us this week as we investigate the disappearance of Kat Hammontree. So, Mike, for this one, we're going a little south of the border. <laughs> we are. It's not technically America, but it's close enough. We're in we're in Diablo Canyon, which is near San Felipe, Mexico. It's about 120 miles south of the U.S. border on the western side of Mexico. And it's in the San Pedro Martyr. Is it Martyr? Martyr? I think it's Martyr National Park. So, I'm just looking at a map right now. It's kind of deep in there. 120 yeah, miles is not It's on the Baja close. of California. So, it's that peninsula on the western side of Mexico. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing where it is right now. We'll have the map pop up on the screen, too, when we uh, get this thing going. But yeah. um, where it is, it's in ba- Baja, California, is the Mexican state. And Mexico is similar size as Crater Lake National Park. So it's about 180,000 acres. That's the size of this national park. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was established in 1941, uh, and it's very isolated. So people on the Internet said it does not see a lot of foot traffic every year. Yeah, from my research, uh, it t- it's it's like a thirty three mile drive just to get to the park, and there's no there's like one stop before you turn off, and there's no gas, food, anything. So you kind of got to stock up before you go. And I I don't think I'll be going soon. There's a lot of stuff <laughs> going on in Mexico. <laughs> I would love to go hike this park. It looks pretty cool. Um, so yeah. someday, a lot of people, uh, 
it might be in the notes here, but they kind of call it an oasis because it's surrounded by deserts. So. Yeah, that, that almost makes me think of some theories that I'm going to hold on to. Okay. I, I didn't research the story, but as soon as I saw where it was, yep. what it had and how remote it was, I started thinking a lot. And mm-hmm. I don't even know what happened. But I'm mm-hmm. like, I have an idea of what happened, <laughs> and I don't know what happened. Um, it was first explored in 1701 by European explorers led by Eusebio Kino, a Catholic priest born in the Holy Roman Empire. Uh, the park is home to the California Condor Reintroduction Program, an international conservation effort, and the National Astro- Astronomical Observatory set six optical telescopes operated by the NAU of Mexico is located in the park at about 9,200 feet. So this location was chosen to take advantage of the area's typically clear skies, low humidity, low light pollution, and low radio interference. So, and as you said, because it's surrounded by desert, this has like water in it. So it's mm-hmm. considered the, the oasis of the park. Uh, Pico uh, del Diablo is the highest peak. I almost said Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> we apologize. I don't, I don't speak Spanish. I don't Neither think do Joe I. does either. No, I do not. Uh, it's the highest elevation at 10,157 feet. Uh, the park is also home to several deep canyons uh, with many abrupt topological challenges. So it's... A difficult part to get to, to navigate. It's very remote. So if you get into trouble, it's going to be hard to get out of there. Plus, I don't know how good the Mexican government is at rescue efforts or mm-hmm. search and rescue and things like that. I, I don't have any contacts in the Mexican government as to that goes. I think sometimes you just are, are screwed if you're out there. Yeah. So for climate, average annual temperature is 68 degrees. So it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, summer temps, temps between 64 and 90 Average winter temps between 37 and 64. So it doesn't get too cold, but it's yeah. also not getting too hot. It's very temperate. Uh, it's not unusual for summer temps to reach 100 degrees or more. Uh, and the te- winter temps can go into freezing. Uh, I'd say it's not surprising. That's just average. Yeah. It's not crazy. Uh, average precipitation is around 15 inches. So it is fairly dry. Yep. Uh, seasons mirror seasons that you would see in U.S. parks in the lower 48, coldest months between December and February, and the hottest between April and October. So even though it's farther south, it's still seeing a lot of the temper temperatures. Yep. Probably because it's more inland. Uh, some of the fauna in the park, um, you have desert shrub. I can't even read some of this stuff. The yeah, just palm, the... Uh, just, just basic desert stuff that it's... But it's it looks like it's more green. I'm just looking at pictures right now. So it's not crazy desert you're still getting trees and stuff but it's yep. super rocky it's yeah. almost like if uh you had a desert it was mostly rocks and then a river ran through the middle of it like the the trees and plants that would pop up is what you're getting yeah at higher elevations uh you know you're eight to ten thousand feet you've got you know your pine trees um and then in the lower elevations uh it's more you know your desert shrubs yeah um it's not heavily wooded so there's not a ton of shelter if you get stuck up there in a bad storm. It's not like some of the national parks in the U.S. and like Colorado that are. Yeah, the plants are very sparse. From the pictures, you can see like there's trees and stuff, but they're not mm-hmm. like compact. It's very spread. You can see like between all of it. So yeah, we'll get the pictures up while we're talking about this. Uh, as far as animals go, mule deer, uh, bighorn sheep, cougars, bobcats, ringtail cat, uh, coyotes. There's 30 different species of bats, uh, bald eagles, golden eagles, uh, vultures, and captive born. Uh, California condor. So that's part of that reintroduction program. So um, not too much of a threat if you're not injured or, you know, destitute laying out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. So I don't know. I'd say the, the main exposure issues are wind chill in the winters, yep. uh, heat exhaustion in the summers, just if you're hiking and unprepared, 
uh, or if you're not used to that park or aren't good at reading maps because it does have a lot of the peaks, valleys, slopes, things like that. It's not altitude per se, but a lot of rocky faces. Yeah. So difficulty in general, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I added one additional point that I kind of picked up on, you know, some various reviews of hikes, hikers that have hiked this. Uh, if you're a U.S. Uh, citizen and you've gone to Mexico to hike this park and it's your first time hiking out of the United States, um, you might, you know, do some research before you go. Your experience is going to be, you know, different than hiking in a U.S. park. So uh, just, you know, be mindful of that. Just some of the rules in the park, uh, you know, etiquette might be different. Um, you know, it's if you hiked a lot in the U.S., you might get really comfortable with, you know, how things work. Our amenities. Yeah. If you go to any major national park, the amenities are insane. Yeah. Like you'll have a gift shop that like you could go there with nothing and get completely outfitted at a gift shop. Almost. Yeah. So, you know, parks in foreign countries, not we're not saying that this park doesn't have that stuff, but these are things you will definitely want to research before you go. Absolutely. So um, what do you say we get in a character profile? Yeah, absolutely. So. Like we said, um, we're talking about Kat uh, Hammontree. She went missing on April 11th, 2019. She is a female, age 68. Uh, we don't have a lot of information on what she was wearing at the time of her disappearance. Uh, she, there, there are some pictures that her husband ha- had posted on Facebook after she disappeared that showed her in, you know, nothing more than really a, a tank top. So... Uh, you know, she anticipated, they all anticipated just going for a quick day hike in the afternoon. So, um, we don't really know if what she had on for footwear. Um, I'm assuming she's wearing shorts because it was pretty hot, but you know, this is something Joe and I harp about a lot. Um, even if you're planning on going on just a day hike somewhere, you know, you should probably be prepared for at least spending one night in the park in case something happens. Yeah, um, absolutely. Even if it's like the emergency blanket, we're not saying, Hey, bring a whole tent and backpack and all the stuff you're doing a day hike. Cause that's a yeah. lot of stuff to carry, but having the proper emergency equipment, like one of those silver fold up blankets, they get like, yep. what, like five inches by five inches. It's, it yeah. weighs nothing. But if you need to wrap up on the ground, it'll keep your body heated and you'll survive a night in that maybe even several nights. Yeah. If you're using it appropriately on our YouTube channel. We actually have a couple really good videos from the national park service that uh, park rangers talk about what they carry in their packs. And they carry a lot of similar stuff like this, a thermal blanket, a pack of matches and a waterproof container, real simple, basic stuff that can be the difference of life or death if you get lost. So um, we do know from a picture that we saw, and we'll try and post some of these on the video and the Facebook post, but she did have a cell phone with her, which I always get really mad when I hear someone didn't have a cell phone with them when they go hiking, even if there's no cell signal. And out here, there definitely was no cell signal, but... Uh, she probably had it with her to take pictures. Um, so personality-wise, she uh, she was well-liked by everyone who was around her. Um, she actually had lived in this area of Mexico for quite a while. She okay, talk- I was going to ask that because I'm like, why are they doing down there? Like, yeah. Where did, like, I wouldn't think of like, <clears throat> that seems like a very random place to find in vacation. Yep. So she lived near this entire So area. she's originally from <clears throat> Seattle and she her original career was paralegal way back in the day and she at some point moved to San Felipe and she taught English to um, Spanish speakers. Okay. And she did that for a long time. She was very well known around town. Everyone liked her. Um, she was, you know, from all reports that I saw, she was a very likable person. Um, 
She did. So on this hike, she did have some pretty serious medical things going on. Serious enough that I, if like I was her son and she told me she was going to go hiking in Diablo Canyon, I'd be like, you probably should hold off. Um, so like just physical things that would recruit her physical or, or and mental. No, 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 not mental physical. Okay. Yeah. Physical things. So in 2018, she had liver cancer and she was still recovering, uh, from that. So she was okay. pretty weak still, you know, a year later, like chemotherapy, all that, stuff. all that kind like, of yeah, stuff. It takes yeah. a, a tremendous toll on your body. Yeah. And she was also a heavy smoker. So you can imagine she, her, she's already weakened from fighting cancer off and she's also a smoker. So that affects your you know ability to hike in altitude. And, sure. uh, so, and she also had some things going on even before she went on the hike, she had some issues going on with her, her feet. She had, um, I actually have her final blog post. She was a pretty big blogger and she actually had a YouTube channel. So we'll post all these links in the show notes. Uh, but she had a YouTube channel and a blog and her final blog post from April 5th of 2019, she wrote, as some of you already know, I broke two toes on my right foot. And then today a dude pulling an ice chest full of beer rolled over my left foot. No big deal on the left foot. As I already had three broken toes, Jeez. the right foot is throbbing. So she, she that had, makes me, that makes me think she was really weakened from chemo. Like that mm-hmm. can have an effect on your bones and everything like that. So she's breaking bones cause she's already weak. And as you age, uh, you know, your bones start weakening, especially when I don't want to talk about that, Mike, <laughs> yeah, we still have some time left. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Um, but so, yeah, she, so not only was she fighting cancer and was a heavy smoker, but she also had multiple foot injuries prior to actually even hiking. So Right there, like I said, if I was her son and she told me she was going hiking, I'd be like, why don't you wait a couple months, maybe next season? Like, you really aren't in the condition to do any type of hiking, especially, you know, it'd be one thing if it was up in the States and she's like, I want to go on a quick day hike in Glacier or Yosemite, somewhere that's... Like a short trail that's heavily Heavily trafficked, trafficked, close to medical help. Um, But, you know, she's going hiking in a very remote foreign national park. Even though she had very, she had a lot of, I say it probably didn't feel foreign to her. No, she she lived there for 20 years. I mean, that's, that's a big chunk of your life. So it's not foreign to her. So that's probably why she didn't think of it any differently. Yeah. Like where you and I, if we were visiting, they're like, Hey, let's not take major risks here because we don't know the locals. We don't know how things work. Yep. She had a pretty decent understanding of how the town worked, how she basically was a local. Exactly. You know, 20 years living there. Yeah. So Um, I'll I'll give him credit for that. If she's, if her family's there and she's like, Hey, I know everybody. I know the whole thing. Trust me. Yeah. I would listen to her. I'd be like, all right. Yeah. You know, what's best. You've been in this area before you're, you're the expert. Exactly. So all of her friends and family described her as a very seasoned hiker and she knew this area very well. Like we said, she's lived there for decades. So, um, I don't think not knowing the area played a factor in her disappearance. I also don't think being an, you know, a novice played uh, you know, a part in her disappearance, even though, like, like we said earlier, it doesn't seem like she was prepared, you know, even though it was just a day hike, uh, that's just me. I always, you know, prepare for at least a night in the park. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so that's kind of some basic information on cat and I'm just going to jump right into the timeline. So this timeline is, there wasn't a lot of official information on what happened. There was quite a few posts from her husband, uh, on Facebook that I was able to find and I'll, I'll mix some of his statements into uh, the timeline. And I also do have another file here that I'm, I'm not going to read the whole thing cause it's pretty long, but I will mix in some Just summarize it. 
Yeah, so her husband actually provided a very detailed account of what happened that day, and we can even go into some of that at the end of the episode. Um, But so, like we said, she went missing on uh, April 11th of 2019. She was hiking near San Felipe, Mexico, with a group of uh, hikers when she allegedly hurt her foot and ankle about 10 minutes into the hike. So based on some of the reports I saw, she was only about three-fourths of a mile down the trail. So, you know, not even that long. We're talking maybe, you know, what's three quarters of a mile when you're hiking? It's not far. Like 20 minutes? Yeah, it's, it's if, uh, with, with her foot. Maybe she's maybe, moving slower. Yeah, maybe half hour, 45 minutes. Let's, let's be real conservative with it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, people that were hiking with her uh, described that the injury didn't seem serious. Um, she, you know, wasn't like screaming in pain or anything like that. And she could still put, you know, some weight on her ankle. So it wasn't something like a compound fracture or something like that. Uh, but it was evident that she couldn't walk any further. So uh, she told the group she was hiking with, I'm going to, you know, sit down here. Why don't you guys continue on the trail? And this trail eventually led to a waterfall. And it's not a very long trail. Uh, I think it's like, I want to say 45 minutes to the end. Okay. From where Kat sat down. And is the, it one way in, one way out? It's yeah. Not, it's not a loop? Nope. Okay. So, she, uh, like we said, she was hiking with her dog, Tootsie, which was a German shepherd, which I found a picture of. <laughs> and she was also hiking with her husband, though the husband actually stayed back at the car on this hike. Uh, her daughter and then a group of other hikers that, uh, from what I gathered, she knew. So, they weren't just random people. Okay. So, it was like people fr- she was friends with in the town. Or yep. People she knew. Yeah. And her husband, so her husband stayed at the car the whole time. Yes. The rest of the group went on. She sat down after 10 minutes or three quarters of a mile. Yep. Said, I'm just going to wait here. Pick me up on the way back. Yes. Okay. And the husband is alive and well. Husband's alive to this day. He he posted just yesterday on Facebook. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to like think in my head, like I'm picturing the scene of like, okay, we have people on both sides of her. Yeah. And the trail is well marked. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. So, uh, the people hiking with her described Kat as being in good spirits and not showing any undue duress. Uh, she was sitting happily upon a boulder near a creek. Uh, and, you know, they, I think some of the people tried to stay with her and she's like, no, 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 go off. Come on. I'll be fine. You guys will be back in 90 minutes. Um, so all the hikers that were with her had no reason to think there was anything to worry about. Now, I always have an issue with this. I don't like to leave someone that's injured by themselves, no matter what the injury is. We've had that happen before on different hikes we've been on. And usually one of us will stick back with the injured person yeah, or at least, you know, take their gear and help them get down the trail. I did. I just am not comfortable leaving, especially someone who is older, uh, you know, is weakened because of cancer and already has a pretty busted up foot. Sure. I don't think I'd leave her alone. I mean, there was at least with, with no contact, like if you had radios, mm-hmm. sure. Okay. If you can be in contact and say, Hey, check in every minute. Honestly, if that were me, I'd probably be like, all right, why don't you guys go ahead? I'll stay with cat and help her back to the car. Yes. Yeah. She has to get back to the car. Yes. I mean, what's the point of sitting there and waiting? I mean, uh, that's just how I would do it. But, um, so I think part of our bias too is we read all of I these. <laughs> so every time we think of somebody by themselves, we just think of the worst. Cause in reality, it probably happens every day, millions of times a year. Yeah. And it's just fine. So, but, but here's the deal is anything you can do to reduce the potential of something going wrong. You should. Yeah. Because all it takes is those perfect cases. You know, I'll, I'll take this one second to rant. 
because I see these on uh, hiking boards every now and then where there's people who aren't regular hikers and like, hey, dude who's got walking sticks and Tevas and blah, blah, blah. My daughter did the same trail and flip-flops with her Barbie. It's like, yeah, she did great. And it's great everything went fine, but yeah, you shouldn't maybe hike some of those trails and flip-flops in her Barbie even if you can. Yes. I, I always want to jump in and be like, well, here's a... I know at least 45 episodes of cases where that didn't work out, but I'm like, no, 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 I'll leave it. But yeah. And I mean, it, there's also different situations, you know, if it's a, a guy our age that got hurt and is staying behind, that's one thing. But like, I, like I said, someone like Kat who is older and already has some you know pretty serious medical issues, I would probably, you know, stick with her, even though, you know, and there were like, I think there were seven or eight in the group. So there were plenty of people that, yeah, somebody could have, somebody could have hung out. So all right, we'll move on. We'll move on. We don't want to harp on that. Yeah. Um, so when the, so the group continued down the trail to this waterfall, and about 90 minutes later, uh, they returned to where Kat was sitting, and a friend of Kat, Victoria Langset, said, when they came back about 90 minutes later, she was gone. There was no trace of her or the dog, no sign of a, a wild animal attack. So it's one of them described as if she had just completely vanished off the face of the planet. There was no signs of a struggle. There was no signs of an animal attack. There's not really even animals in the park that would attack an adult human. Sure. Um, there was, you know, if there was a struggle, like she got abducted, you would, you know, see footprints on the ground. Uh, you know, maybe she dropped some gear in the struggle. You would see yeah, signs of the dirt being kicked around, whatever. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, if they're on four wheelers, you'd see signs of tracks leading off. Sure. So there was literally no sign of any anything happening it's just like she was gone and her dog was gone a, a german shepherd's a pretty large dog yeah um it's not like she had a little poodle or something with her so that's strange so as soon as the group got to the spot where cat was at and realized she was gone they instantly started fanning out and yelling her name they were also yelling the dog's name um they didn't get any response and they they kept saying it's as if she never had been here uh so not yet. Yeah, not only was she gone, but like we said, there was no evidence of any kind of struggle or signs of wild animal attack. And her dog just vanished in the thin air uh, as well. And now it's getting later in the day. So this hike was started um, in the afternoon and it, now it's later in the day. So when they got back to the parking lot, they were honking their car horns. They were turning their lights on and off. Uh, and they also continued to go up and down the trail yelling her name. So you, you would think if you know, maybe she had to go to the bathroom and went off trail a little bit that and got injured. And if she was still alive, she would hear the horns honking. She'd hear people yelling. Her dog would be right there. Sure. Um, that doesn't make any sense either. So um, Carl, Cat's uh, husband, uh, told the police that he waited uh, for Cat at his car, but she never returned. And so this is part of the thing that is really strange about this case. So you have an in-out trail. There's one way in, one way out. Her husband was at the start of the trail at the car. Mm -hmm. Her friends hiked all the way to the waterfall and yet no one saw her. So she didn't come off the trail because her husband would have seen her. She didn't go towards the waterfall because her friends would have seen her. And if her husband's way in the car, he would say, oh, and this many people also started that trail after they left. Like, yeah. did anybody else come to the trail from, and, and did they like, there's no mention of them seeing anyone along the trail. Her husband saying, Oh, I noticed a group of like these shady guys went up the trail after they did. Yeah. Like it was just them out there. It was just them from all the reports I read and I could have missed something, but it, it, it sounds like there was no one else that entered the trail after that party did. Yeah. So. And based on the remoteness, I'm guessing 
that's the case. Yeah, this park actually <laughs> reminds me a lot of Canyonlands. This was kind of the same experience we had when we hiked Canyonlands. It was very desolate, remote. We saw like three people the entire week we were in the park. Okay. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so it's, it's strange. One of the people in the group actually even had a drone that they uh, were flying at night trying to find her. So, you know, like there's another, if she's an experienced hiker and she's injured out in the, the park, uh, because she's a smoker, she obviously probably had a lighter on her. She could have potentially started a fire, and that drone in, at night would have oh, seen yeah, that absolutely. easily. From a mile away, if you had a decent fire going or a flashlight yeah. or anything. So already, already kind of right off the bat, things just don't add up to me. So uh, fast forward to the next day, so the 12th of April in 2019, the authorities were soon notified after Cat was missing and on the 12th, uh, a massive search and rescue operation kicked off. And I was actually pretty impressed by the amount of uh, searchers and, you know, technology that was used. So uh, the search team included local search and rescue crews, tracker dogs, uh, Mexican military helicopters, uh, but nothing was found. The dog wasn't found. Um, Langset was, quote, and this was the friend, remember, uh, she was quoted saying, a bloodhound, a bloodhound right now is the only hope in finding her. She's been out there for three nights. So uh, even people of San Felipe started a Facebook group. They were asking for help, anyone that had desert search experience, to come down and help with the search op- operation. So I'm guessing, you know, while the Mexican military was doing the best they could, they're probably not properly trained like some of our search and rescue teams here in the u.s are for missing persons yeah i'm like i'm guessing they don't have the resources that we have access to just or the program set up i could be wrong yeah but i just but even so if they have a a, a dog that can seek it out you think that'd be good especially potentially finding the other dog yeah so they do end up bringing in a dog um so we'll get to that in a minute so on f- the 14th of april uh cat's husband posted an update on facebook and i'm just going to read this verbatim uh, it's, it's interesting to get insight into details of the search and rescue operation, especially one that's happened in a foreign country. We haven't done a case yet that has been outside of the U S. So, uh, this was interesting for me at least. So, uh, her husband writes update on cat's search. We went out this morning on the Marines helicopter around 11 AM, six Marines and myself. Uh, we touched down about two miles North of Piachu del Diablo, uh, then we uh, proceeded to sweep back to the creek. We found no prints or any signs of Tootsie. We then headed back to the parking area of at the mouth of the Areo to meet up with the rest of the search team. Um, sorry, I'm going to butcher this. Uh, Protecion Civil from uh, Ensenada. Ensenada has a team of about 25 hikers combing the area. The Marine Chopper will fly again in the AM, although visibility is not very good from the air. Uh, due to some thick vegetation, uh, a team of six Marines and the team from uh, the PC, we'll call, <laughs> set up camp there tonight and will continue their search tonight and tomorrow morning. There was also about 40-plus vehicles on the ground from the Scorpion sweeping the surrounding areas. Uh, we will continue to search until we find something. As of now, we have not found signs of an animal attack or anything like that. We are still very hopeful she is hidden away somewhere in the brush. Uh, we will be out here again tomorrow. If anyone can provide information on search and rescue dogs, please contact us. Uh, so very interesting insight into the search that was happening. So not only do you have a Marine helicopter kind of, you know, hitting yeah, it from the air. from the U.S. military. 
No, the uh, Mexican Marines. Mexican Marines. I was like, okay, yeah. I'm like, oh, they got the Marines down there, maybe because it was a U.S. citizen. I don't know. <laughs> no, so, and then you had um, 25 hikers combing the area, and you also had 40-plus vehicles searching the grounds around the area. So, And I just looked up the Protesian Civil from Ensenada is like a government, like, safeguard team or something. Like, okay. It's just, it's just like a group of people that will some government organization for protection and things like that. So cool. So um, moving on to April 16th of 2019, civil protection chief Antonio Rasqualis announced the search was being called off and the case had been turned over to the state attorney general's office. Uh, That's short for PG J and E, uh, which will continue to investigate and attempt to locate the missing woman. He goes on to say, we suspended the search. We combed the area surrounding the spot where she was last seen a five kilometer perimeter, and we did not find her. Uh, he also said he understood that the civil protection personnel would continue to search after all. So I did find some reports. This kind of makes it seem like the search ended after a week, but I found other reports that said that there were still professionals searching at least two weeks from the disappearance. Just like a scaled down, much yeah. like we see here, we're like, you're well beyond the survivability point. They'll yep. start scaling it down, but continue looking. Yeah, and the family continued to search even after the, uh, the official search was over. Sure. So, and actually a bit of good news. On the 17th, according to NBC7 from San Diego, uh, an unknown uh, benefactor donated a search and rescue dog to the community of San Felipe uh, to initially help search for cat, and then the community could keep the dog for any future disappearances. So that's pretty cool. Um, I couldn't find out who donated the dog. I'm guessing it might have been another search and rescue team in the U.S. Um, So moving on to the 27th of 2019, we have another post by her husband. So I'm just going to read this again verbatim. And uh, I think it's important to get his insight to this because I think there are some theories. Now, I don't I don't know that I, I don't believe the theory about him, but there are some theories that involve him. <laughs> that okay. The internet just, has. Just, just read it and go from there. Okay. I think I know where you're going, but yeah. let's, 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 let's read his and go so on. So her husband writes, thank you. I have stopped responding to those that do not know anything about the disappearance, the search, the circumstances leading up to the dreadful day she and Tootsie disappeared, which was also their one year anniversary of when they got married, by the way. Um, oh, <laughs> I have given the professional searchers, uh, the PGJ and E personnel and all other people involved in the search, all of the information I have. They have her PC, her Chromebook, passwords for all of her accounts, uh, her detailed cell phone information, both cameras that are pointed out, pointed at our back door and parked cars. Uh, they have all the videos from two days before we left, uh, left to take the wedding party to the waterfall. So uh, I couldn't remember this before, but yeah, the hiking group they are with was the wedding party. Oh, so, okay. Um, and then until 10 days after the disappearance. The information in the official's hands, um, so he says, the information is in the official's hands and will put to bed the rumors that I and the family have read on Facebook. So what he's alluding to is that someone in the family or him were responsible for her disappearance. Okay. So, <laughs> And I can see that happening on the internet of people just yeah immediately just going and just dumping all over them no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I, Joe and I even take criticism for how we cover some of these cases, but we're very mindful to, you know, be respectful of the families. I think random people commenting on stuff on the internet don't care. Yeah, <laughs> you're just going to find angry people that are angry, and it doesn't really matter what you say. Yeah, so 
Um, that's kind of the end of the timeline. I just have some other little tidbits of information and details that I find interesting and or strange <laughs> before we get into theories. So one of them was the they did eventually get a tracker dog, and it was unable to pick up any clear scent of uh, cat or Tootsie. And, and it's not like it was raining. I mean, yeah. get 15 inches a year. It's a very yeah. dry, temperate place. So, I mean, it you should be basically sustaining anything that was there for the dog to find. And, you know, I, I have a dog. When I take it on a walk, it, it pees a lot. And, it you know, it yeah. leaves smells all over the place. You would think that her dog, if it was still alive, would be out there drinking water, going to the bathroom, you know, eating stuff. Something very easy for a tracking dog to pick up. Absolutely. Um, so the, the dog didn't pick up anything. Um, interesting note, the Mexican police during the search did find some pot fields, uh, that were way, way off in the backcountry uh, from where they were hiking and they, the military destroyed the farms, but they made the comment that the people who tend these farms are passive. So, you know, like the cartels sure. own them, but the, the farmers that are working them are probably... Yeah, so it won't be people who just shoot you on site with no questions. Like, they'll probably leave you alone. Yeah, they said... And if they know that area, they'll know if it's people who will just be like, shoot you, bury you, don't even think about it, versus if they're saying, oh, these are passive growers, they'll be fine. Yeah, and I mean, the cartels aren't out there camping all night watching their pot fields. That They have the, the farmers that are out there tending to them, probably live around the fields. And, you know, the Mexican military said that these people are passive, and if they saw any signs of people coming, they just run off. Okay. Like, they just leave. So, um, you know, even if she somehow could have walked that far and found one of these farms, uh, that, you know, unless she got there at the perfect time, like the cartel was there, th- these farmers would have run off. And another thing you got to think about, too, is, you know, these pot farmers and probably even the cartels do not have an incentive to hurt a hiker that finds their field because if they hurt somebody or take them, you know, that is going to bring lots of, you know, yeah. authorities into the area <laughs> yeah, searching all the for people them. that showed up and, found yeah, them. and yeah. then destroyed their fields. So, you know, there is incentive to, to just not, you know, I mean, it's not like, you know, marijuana field. I don't know. So I think there's incentive for her not to be hurt from these farmers. So I, sure. you know, and it was so far off. I don't think she could ever even reached it. Yeah. If she's not even making it up the easy trail to the waterfall, Yep. Why is she going to go far off in the distance and stumble upon a, a marijuana grow? Yeah. Um, one other just interesting note. I did mention just a few moments ago that this was her one-year anniversary of her wedding, the day she went missing. So, it, it, Like to the day? To the day. Oh, geez. So that could be a coincidence. I mean, it is a coincidence. I'm not accusing the husband of any foul play. But the authorities actually at one point, uh, after they had searched the area for a while, they had the opinion that Kat wasn't even, they found no indication that she was even in the location. So they actually made her husband provide photographic evidence that she was there that day. So they found so little, they thought they were lying about the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe you're lying about her death to cover something up. Yeah. Maybe she never even went hiking with you. Like, Wow, so he's like, us. hey, here's our group photo from here's the- Yeah, she they had he had a photo of her leaning against a cactus from that day that they were able to photo stamp, like time stamp to that day. Jeez. Now, obviously, you know, anything can be faked, but I th- it was sufficient enough that the Mexican police uh believed him, but it's just interesting that there was that such a pristine 
area that they thought she wasn't even there. <laughs> so yeah, they're that confused by like they'd expect to find something, and something. they found so little. They're like, okay, now the new theory is your whole group is lying. She was never even with you. Yeah. And uh, just a couple other notes, like I mentioned, um, she does have a YouTube channel. So if anyone's interested to see what she was like, you can go visit that channel. Um, a couple more things about the trailhead. Uh, you know, like in U.S. national parks, kind of in the, the main area, there's probably some security cameras that you, you might get you know recorded on. There are no cameras in this area, so there's no evidence of people coming and going. Uh, the trailhead, you, you know, you got to drive 33 miles on a dirt road just to get to the trailhead. And sometimes the road gets washed out. Um, so that was why they said that even abduction doesn't seem like a good theory because they found no evidence of any other vehicles coming or going. Yeah. I mean, it. so that's a puzzling, you know, fact about the case. And, uh, you know, a couple final things was, uh, her family and friends said she was very familiar with desert survival. So, and she has actually been lost before in the desert. So she, not only does she have experience in hiking this type of climate, she's actually been lost. <laughs> so you, if she got injured and was just stuck out there somewhere, she has a good understanding of what she's got to do she to survive. survived at one time. And now this time she's on a trail with people. Like yeah. Quite literally need to stay in one spot the whole time. A quarter of fine. a mile from her car. Yeah. <laughs> That is with her dog. That's wild. So, um, what, what do you think? What do you think? What, come on, you go first this time. Oh boy. Um, I had so many theories and you blew most of them out of the water (laughs) when you're going through what they were thinking, what they said. So, well, I'll, I'll go into a couple of the theories that law enforcement and family had. Okay. So law enforcement at one point suspected that someone in the group had been involved with her disappearance. Um, like we said, either, she died before she the hike even happened or something happened on the hike. But it, they were all comprehensively questioned, and the police came away satisfied that none of them had anything to do with her disappearance. I was going to say, the, the main group was together. Yeah. The only one that would be, I would say, risky is the husband. However, he had no idea that she was going to not make the hike. If but he was also it. back at the car with another person. Oh, okay. So there you go. Even if he's by himself, it's like, how does he know she's going to stop? She would have to stop, actually hike back to the car, and he would have to pull something off and then cover it up. So, which is, but if he's with somebody else who's corroborating his statements, mm -hmm. this is wild. Yeah. So um, that was the main police theory. And I don't think the police ever released, uh, and this case isn't that old, it's only a few years old. Um, From everything I could find, the police never really released another official theory. Um, so her family and friends have a couple theories. Um, one of the main theories they had was it was thought that maybe she had gotten lost, but her husband refutes this claiming that she could barely walk at the time, uh, that he uh, suspected her foot had been broken. So he thinks it was a little more serious than just like twisting your ankle. Um, there were also no signs, like we said, of any other vehicles in the vicinity, and the nearest road was at several miles away. So it, it seemed in her condition very unlikely she could have gotten very far, especially in 90 minutes. Yeah. And if her foot's actually broken, I'd argue probably wouldn't be able to, you know, really walk anywhere. No, I agree. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think that would be very difficult for her to do. So a couple other theories that her husband had, and I mean, some of these go from, you know, 
quicksand. I don't even, I don't know if there's quicksand in that area. Yeah. Or she fell in a mine shaft or a well. Um, you would think that if there are any mine shafts out there, the search and rescue teams would know those and look, look in them. Um, you know, it's possible she did go for a walk and got lost and climbed into a cave and was bitten by a snake. Uh, again, if that was the case, a tracking dog would find that, especially if there had been no precipitation before the dog got there. If it's just... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's we talked to the guy who worked with the dogs, and he's like, you know, uh, if it's raining, you know, how it works is people are shedding skin all the time and shedding yeah. oils, and that's what they smell. So there's dogs that you can still pick up scents after a rainfall. It's yeah. just more difficult. But you're in a dry area that everything just kind of sitting there. Yeah. There's no reason any of her scent should be that gone. Or again, if they're tracking the dog, that dog's going to shed like crazy. Yeah. So if they weren't unable to track the dog or the person. That's, yeah. That's pretty wild. So, you know, he also said maybe it was an abduction. But again, there's no sign of a struggle. There's no tracks from a vehicle anywhere around where she went Well, and missing. that's where I would say you have people. It's not like it's a loop. Yeah. And you have people on both ends of this I know. trail. <laughs> That's, oh, it's so wild. Yeah. Uh, so he, he said maybe she followed the stream downhill for some reason. There was a stream that she was near. Um, but again, I just don't see her getting very far at all. I mean, Joe, we were on a hike when you banged up your knee. Yeah. And you're a young guy. And, and my foot. And, and your and, foot. And my and then the separate hike of my and foot when I couldn't even walk that one day. Yeah, you were a guy in your early, tw- early late 20s, and yeah. you were having a hard time going down the trail. Yeah. Like now... You know, fast forward to a woman who's 68 that just beat liver cancer, has a bunch of broken toes already. Uh, and Props is to her for the, going out. If I was going through I probably wouldn't even go hiking. Yeah, so I, good I wouldn't for either. Her. She's got, like, the will of a tiger. So, yeah, I just don't think she would have had the, the ability to go very far, you know. And if she's experienced in hiking and desert survival, she would, would have never left the trail. Why would she leave the trail? I mean, anyone who hikes knows that, your best friend is the trail if something happens. Oh, especially if you're by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because you can, it's so easy to get lost going off the trail. It's ridiculous. I was just having this conversation with somebody the other day. I'm like, if you do not have a map and a compass, or even if you do and you don't know how to read it, yeah, just stay where there's signs, stay where there's markings, because you will just get lost. Well, yeah, we were talking on our Zoom call that, you know, if if anybody ever gets lost in the, the woods, uh, as soon as you realize that you're lost, just stop. Yes. Don't go any farther if you're truly lost and are completely confused about your location because the searchers only know where to look based on your last known uh, location. So if you had told a, a ranger station, I'm going to hike this trail, I'll be out in three days, well, they know you were on that trail at this time somewhere. Yeah, the initial focus where most of their energy is, where the concentration of the search is going to begin in that area. Yeah. So if you're not in that area, the the risk of you not being found grows exponentially is the farther you go away from your initial plant spot. Yeah. If you're confused and turn around and just start wandering around, you're going to walk right out of their search area and you know, they may still find you, but they may not. And so that's a little, little tangent. Um, some other theories before I get into kind of what I think happened or well, I don't know what happened in this one. This one is, we say this every episode, but this one truly baffles me. <laughs> yeah. I, um, so, you know, the me- some of the media think that maybe it has something to do with those illicit marijuana fields. I, again, I think you can blow this right out of the water by first, they were very far away from where they were hiking. Nowhere well, and, near and where and she could get of, to. And you got to, like, what is the motive? Mm-hmm. 
what's the, like, they don't, like you said, they're not going to want to cause trouble. Yeah. She's not stumbling upon them. No. She's on a trail in a national forest that's used An oasis hike. in the middle of deserts. Yeah, like, so if you're going to go hiking, it's probably the only place people are going to go. Even though it is less traveled, it's, it's a traveled spot. Yeah. Anytime you hear about those grows, they're like off in the middle of nowhere. And the point is because they don't want people around. They don't want to be found. They don't want to be stumbled upon. They don't want to be found. So and they exactly. would have to come from wherever they were yeah. to her without taking main roads or the main trail from like the sides yeah. and abduct her for whatever reason. Now, they, okay, let's pretend all that happened. Yeah. Why would they take her? Why? Why wouldn't they walk by and pretend to be other hikers if they're worried about getting like... Why exactly. would it, there's, I don't see a good motive for that. Even though I, I would say like with cartels, I'm not going to attribute. And like, they're probably not moving it during the day. They well, probably yeah. do their movements at night. And yeah, it's, uh, it's, and our, our whole theory about their incentive not to do anything happened because all these search and rescue people came in and they ended up destroying the marijuana fields, which is what they don't want to happen. Or so let's say someone's trying to abduct her and her dog starts attacking them or runs away or something like yeah. you, that's where you, I would see like maybe there's blood, a scuffle, something. They shoot the dog to kill it. You could hear a gunshot. They stab it. There's blood. They there's, would have all heard a gunshot. Yeah. So like, let's pretend it's a knife and they stab the dog and they stab her blood. Maybe, or something. Yes. There's, Hair. there's things that happen and, and forensic stuff you can find. And even if the dog none ran of it's away, like the Todd Hofflander case, they ended up finding the dog. Yeah. Cause dogs, dogs are intelligent. They, uh, when I go, a dog up, can track its way back. Yeah, when we go hunting up north, when uh, there's been several times where we've kind of gotten turned around, and the dog, your best friend, and when that situation is the dog, the dog literally walks back the trail you just did, and it will get you back to your car. So you know, even if her she got abducted and her dog ran away, it would be safe to assume that dog would eventually make its way back to either where she got hurt or back to where the car was, sure. or to just any sounds they were yelling. And yeah, the, calling the dog's name. Yeah, like the husband. <laughs> Yeah. Who also is the dog's owner? Like you'd recognize that call. So yeah. So what is your theory? What do you think? Well, happened? I didn't even get into the craziest theory. Oh my gosh. So uh, see, I'm already. It's already. So okay. Are we getting like supernatural here? Like oh yeah. Cra- okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I might believe it based on all this crap. So, so um, this theory comes from a gentleman uh, who I will not mention by name. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, the theory, and he is not the only one that has this theory. A lot of other people have said this, and it actually has some roots in ancient Norse society. Okay. So um, the ancient, I guess you call, ancient Vikings, we'll say, um, believed that there were entities that lived in the rocks. And in Iceland, uh, they called these supernatural beings uh, Landvetter. And... They are land spirits on whom the prosperity of the land depends. So they're kind of like keepers of the, of nature. Okay. And I can imagine that uh, if you destroy something and cut a tree down or do something that they would attack you. And they live in the land, usually particularly attractive rocks and boulders. And the folklore, like I said, dates all the way back to ancient Norse societies. And many in Iceland to this day still treat them with respect. It's kind of like a folklore kind of thing. And there's a lot of bolt, big boulders where cat went missing. So this uh, individual who, you know, came up with this theory said maybe something supernatural is going on. Uh, maybe it's these here's boulder the entities. Here's the deal. <laughs> so far, that makes some of the most sense, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so my theory, I, I always go through what I don't think it is. I don't think it's an animal attack. I agree. They'd see the scuffle. They there's no animals in the 
the park that really pose a threat to her, mm-hmm. uh, especially not that short a time, and with a German Shepherd. German Shepherds are 100-pound dogs. That dog. will scare away. Uh, so, like, the only thing I could think of from the list of animals would be some of the cats. Yeah. The two big cats, and the dog would most... Maybe at night, though. Maybe at night, but most certainly the dog would keep them away. Yeah. Dog will... Def- like, a German Shepherd will defend their owner to death. I Absolutely. Mean, uh, so, I don't think it was an animal attack. Um, I don't think it had any of the theories that involve her moving from where she got injured just because based she on two broken feet, basically. Yeah. Two broken what, feet, five broken toes between the two. Yeah. Or was it three on one side and two on the other? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. It's, and she was weakened from, you know, liver cancer and a heavy smoker. I just don't see her moving very far so from in Zion. Yeah. We were in the narrows in water for the days. Remember my blisters were terrible. I was actually worried about infection. I got like the cream and stuff. Yeah. And I had to take an entire day off. I couldn't walk at all. Yeah. And I had hiking poles. And that was just blisters. I know. If I had, bro- and that's on, they were like on the sides of my foot. Your toes, when you're walking, yeah. they roll on them. <laughs> if I had broken toes, like I would probably. Be so painful. Like, yes, I was younger and I could deal with the pain more, but I still needed a whole day off. Yeah. She just went through chemo. She's older. She has five broken toes or several broken toes between your two feet. She's not going anywhere. No. She couldn't even make it up this trail. Yeah. So she, like, I can't see her wandering off or even if she's like, maybe she's sitting in the sun and goes look for shelter. She's not going a mile away. So like, if you're looking off trail, like for a rock outcropping mm-hmm. or a little cave, like, I feel like you have a bunch of people searching. They could find, Hey, this lady had broken foot and was sitting right here. This is where we left her. Yeah. Where would she wander off to go? And why would she have incentive to go find shelter when she knew they'd be back in 90 minutes? That's not a very long time. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I don't, I don't think that is an, you know, an accurate theory. Um, I mean, I know I don't, because it's such a recent case and the family is still alive and active on Facebook. I don't want to, you know, accuse anybody of anything. This is just, in my head, this is just the theory that makes the most sense based on the facts. So no emotion. No emotion. This is what could be in your head. In my head, just that's, because. I think that's fair to, fair to, fair if, to. If anyone out. listening, think about all the stuff we just said and what makes the most sense. I personally don't think she ever was there hiking. That, her or her dog. So what would the benefit be? For her, her husband, the group. See now that I, I, I don't know. I, it's a little coincidental that this was her one year anniversary from her wedding. I see. I don't even see that because if I lived somewhere and taught English and got close with like a village, mm-hmm. like say I go to like I went to Africa and I got pretty close with the guys I hiked with. Like if I ever go back to Tanzania. I'm Facebook friends with them. I'm definitely going to meet up with those people. And I was only there for 13 days. Yeah. If I spent 20 years in a community there and I wanted to go somewhere on vacation, I'd probably go there. Yeah. So like I could say, oh, it's my one year anniversary. I'm going to bring my husband back to this place I lived and like participate in the, the stuff here. I don't know. So it doesn't even seem weird to me that she's there. But it, just thinking then. through that theory, I think I've already blown it out of the water because her daughter was there too. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. like, okay, say a husband and wife are so fighting that he's like, yeah, I'm going to take her out on this hike and disappear. But her daughter is there. Like her daughter's not going to go, you know, her daughter's not going to be in on that plan and then lie about it to the authorities or the other people in the group. Like, are they all going to lie and tell the well, same that's, story? That's the thing is like, if she went out with just close family, if it was just her and her husband. Yeah. And there's like, Oh, Hey, he took out a life insurance policy <laughs> when they got married, like something like that. Like, okay, that's suspicious. So I just, but I just talked through, 
you know, <laughs> blowing up my own theory in live, you know. Yeah, well, it's it's the whole idea of initially I thought when you first started the case, I'm like, oh, cartel activity, 100%, yeah. like remote. And they're like, no, she knows the area, no cartel in the area. I'm like, okay, that that finished that. Then I'm like, okay, maybe it was the husband for whatever reason. No, he was with somebody and he didn't even go on the hike. Yeah. So he wouldn't have even known. And her daughter is there. And her, well, it's, she, she wouldn't just have known. lie about it. Yeah. She wouldn't have known she stopped. <laughs> yeah. As far as he's concerned, she's with this group going to the waterfall. And from what it sounded like, he didn't know anything was wrong until they came back and informed like, hey, she stayed behind. She's not there anymore. Yeah. Her daughter, among the other people, are the ones that went to the waterfall. Yeah. And it was her and her dog. Yeah. So, like, did she, I, here's here's a crazy one. Did she say, I'm going to wait here, ended up, you know, being stubborn, hiked back to the car, and her husband did something then. But her husband was with another guy's wife. Her husband wife was with another car. guy. Exactly. Yeah. It was with another car. And what? He had less than an hour to accomplish whatever thing he was going to accomplish that he had before no, the whole, but for her daughter and all the other people. Exactly. Get and yeah. it would be, okay, how would he know if he was pre-planning something? Yeah. Uh, this was a sprung on him. Yeah. It was spur of the moment. It's not like he planned for those events. Where did he hide the body it, of her and the dog? In that short time. <laughs> and then, so it's, I can't see foul play. And he's an older gentleman based on um, stuff I read. And someone said he even has a, some health conditions too. So like. Well, and what is the motive? What's the motive to do what it? What is the motive? There really isn't one. And it's just nothing lines up to make it. So she, this one, I think I'm going with Boulder entities. I mean, that literally. Seriously? <laughs> yes. That literally we're makes We're going to lose listeners because we're like, yeah, Boulder entities. I'm like uh, Giorgio Papalopoulos or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, you have the crazy from, hair. From Ancient Aliens. Yes. I, I mean, anyone listening, after you've heard these the facts of this case, if any of you can come up with like a reasonable explanation of what happened to her her dog, what happened to their bodies, why nothing was found, I'll send you a hat for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything that like makes us go, yes, maybe. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Great deal. Yeah. If you have a theory that says, yes, maybe I'm going to throw one on the table just to make it harder. <laughs> maybe she found a cave and fell in it. Okay. I, I mean, maybe, maybe she was getting hot. So your theory can't be mine shaft or cave. Yeah. I would say, cause maybe if she was sitting there like knowing it was going to be an hour and a half and got hot, I'm going to go look for a cave. But she's near but, water. But, she but could just if I off. was going to do that, I would leave something on the trail. Yeah. If I'm going to leave the trail and sit somewhere else where I can't see the trail, yeah. I would leave something with a note or whatever. A, I would never do it. Yeah. But if I was going to, I'd be like, okay, hey, maybe I should give people an idea of where I'm going. Yeah. I don't so, know. I So, yeah, if anyone can, you know, leave a comment that a detailed explanation of what you think happened that isn't like... uh easily disproved like oh she walked 40 miles to the pot farm and got killed like that's not yeah that that, that's happen. not real it's got to be realistic yeah and we'll be fair i mean it's just a hat we'll send you a hat we're not going to go crazy but you got to come up with a good theory then yeah because right now i'm and, going and with boulder super, supernatural yeah super you can't come up with a different supernatural theory yeah we're going with boulder yeah, entities. yeah boulder entities is the top one right now I outside the other stuff feel ashamed that our theory is supernatural based only because we've never had an episode where it's so puzzling that I go with the supernatural theory. Yeah. That's never happened before. Yeah. Cause we've had puzzling cases, but they're like, Hey, in reality, it could have been X, Y, Z. Yeah. Cause even, um, one of the early Paul Davis ones, remember they couldn't find, they ended up finding his body. It was just in a different spot. Oh, the guy from Canada. Exactly. Like, so that one was seemed like, wow, that was such a short loop, but he was by himself. Only one person saw him. Like it was like, yeah. okay. And it was a heavily crime area. Like, he wasn't hey. injured. 
yeah, he wasn't injured. So like, even then it seemed like out of nowhere, but there are a lot of things that could have happened that made sense. Yeah. And in this one, there is not. I mean, probably the, the best non-paranormal theory is, yeah, she went off trail a little bit and maybe the, the trail, the area around the trail is more treacherous terrain wise than we're, we know about. But then and, the dog. And she fell in a crevasse. Yeah, but what are the odds she and the dog fall in a crevasse? That's true. Why like would the, dog, she's the dog's walking, not going to jump in after? I I mean, maybe the dog would probably sit at the top and just yeah, like, wait. bark a lot, like yeah. like yeah, like start making a ton of noise, start running around, and go crazy. I don't know. I don't know. This one <laughs> is absolutely puzzling to me. And maybe she was so good to the land, the boulder entities took her, and she's now <laughs> a boulder entity. Yeah, I mean, and that's why I didn't want to because it's such a recent case. It's not like a case that happened forty years ago. I don't want to slander the family because they are still active on Facebook. Well, and, and here's the deal. I, I don't think there's sufficient evidence pointing that it was foul no, play. No, I don't think there's I any don't. evidence. And I would be, I would say, hey, sorry if this is not, but it, it, this is a real possibility. I would say, yes, it, hey, it looks like there's a real possibility a husband could have done it. Yeah. But I don't see it. If it said like, oh, they took out a giant life insurance policy and he took it out in her name three months before the trip. Right. And it's way bigger than what their careers make sense for. And there's like, no hey, indication that they were fighting or arguing or anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like there's not any thing like that that's like ah it's a little bit of red and her daughter the the thing that her daughter was there yeah like if her daughter well pretend her husband and her daughter were in on it and there's other people there that she's friends another six people people from the village yes there's too many people involved for it to be something like that unless the entire group was in on it which just seems well then what's the motive (laughs) it seems less likely than boulder entities yeah i know right (laughs) there's no motive so so this one is totally stumped us. Um, like we said, if you guys listening can come up with a theory that you can, you know, argue and we think it's a good one, we'll send you a free hat. Yeah, I think <laughs> what's crazy is we've had some pretty crazy cases. This one seems so simple. Yeah. I'm with you. This is like the most confusing one to me. I am puzzled. It's by such it. a short I can't trail. imagine being the family. Like, you were there just 90 minutes you know ago. The only <laughs> one that comes close is the two guys in the mountain where he like went ahead around the bend. Oh, uh, Tom Messick. Yes. The hunters. No, not the hunters. The one where they're climbing Mount. It was around. Oh, Duval, Sam Duval. Maybe. Yeah. But like, he like went around a corner and his buddy just came around. There were people on both ends and he was gone. But even then it was a snow covered mountain with crevasses yeah. and stuff. Like th- this one is like, I think that's when we got in trouble on Twitter with, I'm sure <laughs> we've gotten in trouble a couple times. We don't try, but that's just not what with happens. Twitter, but with the people that yeah. use Twitter. So, yes, send us your theories. If it's a decent one, we'll send you a hat. Yeah. <laughs> send us your theories, and it, we'll pick it, and we'll say, yep, you got it. If you got it, we'll mention the Honestly, show. Honestly, we'll probably pick one of the theories and just send you a hat anyways, because yeah. now we said it. Yep, yeah, now we said it. Just, <laughs> just involve yourselves. It just can't be insane. If it's, if it's insane and dumb, we're it not saying It can't be a right. UFO abduction. Yeah, that's the same thing as boulder people. Yeah, and we already said boulder people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... Uh, thanks again for tuning into our show. We appreciate all of you for sharing locations unknown with your friends and family. Be sure to like us and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, we are now on YouTube above and beyond just the audio. We have the video rolling. So subscribe on YouTube, share it with your friends, uh, check out the Facebook store. You can, uh, participate monetarily with us by buying some of our awesome swag. And if you don't want to buy anything but still want to uh, help us monetarily, you can join us on Patreon where you will also get access to swag and exclusive Patreon-only episodes. And people have been liking our Zoom calls. So if you want to join in and talk to us live on a Zoom meeting about 
whatever. We talk about life. We talk about hiking. We talk about your experiences, our experiences. We answer questions about the show. Uh, we just kind of, we kind of riff. We just kind of go and do whatever we want. Yeah. Um, you can join in on that. And lastly, uh, just remember when enjoying the beauty of nature, whether backpacking, camping, or just taking a walk, always remember to leave no trace. And bucks and six. Bucks and six. Thank you. And we will see you all next time.